Welcome to the Whiteboard Session, Examining Our Faith, based on Luther's Small Catechism. This week, Pastor Jung talks about the third article of the Apostles' Creed, the Holy Spirit and Sanctification. Let's listen in. Well, welcome everyone uh, back to our study on Luther's Small Catechism. Uh, thank you for joining us today. Uh, today's uh, topic is uh, the third article of the Creed, and the topic is sanctification. Now, why don't we begin uh, with a word of prayer. And dearly, Father, we, we thank you for this day, O Lord, that you have brought us and that you sustain us in the one true faith, that we know that by your grace and by the uh, power of your Holy Spirit, you have illuminated our hearts, uh, brought us to faith, and called us uh, by the gospel, uh, Jesus Christ, uh, for the forgiveness of our sins. Lord, we just thank you for this faith. Uh, we thank you for uh, the strength uh, to believe, and O oh Lord, uh, guide us this day as we uh, go over the work of the Holy Spirit. We thank you, O oh Lord, for this time together. Uh, bless us and keep us. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So sanctification, what does that mean? Sanctification, holy, holyfication. I guess the question we have for ourselves in sanctification is how are we made holy? How do you know that you're holy? Do you measure up? Have you done enough? These are the questions that people have in terms or when they speak of uh, what it means to be holy. But as we read in the Apostles' Creed again, uh, what the Apostles uh, taught and what they believed, we see in the third article of the Creed, it writes, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Again, the third article is about sanctification. The first two articles, creation and redemption, and now sanctification. First article about the Father, second article about the Son, third article today about the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. How does the Holy Spirit make us holy? And that is very important today as we dig through the Word because as uh, Robert Kolb writes, and this is a book that I really like, it's called uh, Teaching God's Children His Teaching, A Guide for the Study of Luther's Catechism. Um, you can get this on uh, cph.org, and a very good book about a, a good short summary of why Luther taught or wrote what he did and uh, the mode motivation behind it. So uh, a book to um, think about if you ever want to read more about the small catechism this is a good book, but an excerpt out of this book, he writes, It is important to note at the outset that Luther's title for the third article, Sanctification, also means something different to North American Christians. Now, living in North America, I, I suppose he is talking about us North Americans. Uh, for our contemporary sanctification is the believer's response response to God's redemption or justification in Christ. It is our action, our living the new life in Christ. In contrast, Luther defines sanctification as the Holy Spirit's action. Okay, that's a very big difference. The Holy Spirit's action of setting us apart from our sinful way of living and placing us in the body of Christ, the church, and forgiving our sins. 
So the North American, and you probably can resonate with this. When we talk about holy, I think uh, some quick questions that come up is, uh, in your mind is, what have I done uh, to be holy? How do I know that I'm holy? Or what do I need to do more to be holy? Or am I holy in the first place? I think a lot of times it's like a measuring stick where we uh, try to build up our holiness so that we can deem ourselves holy in front of God by our own works. And as he said in that excerpt right there, North American Christians really uh, believe that it is the believer's response to God's redemption. And I think that's, that's, a, that's something to really think about when we talk about being made holy because Luther and Scripture shows us that holy is not about what we do but it's about what has been done for us on behalf of us uh, by the action outside of ourselves. And that is all by the power of God's word uh, through the work of the Holy Spirit. Very important. So when we talk about and we confess our faith and say, I believe in the Holy Spirit, what we are really saying is that we have been made holy. Very important. Because, well, we'll talk about it soon, that we need to be made holy. Saint, uh, in, in 1 Peter uh, chapter 1, verses 13 to 15, it writes, Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as He, that is God, who called you is holy, God is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. So God has called you to be holy by the word. The Holy Spirit calls us by the word. So it reads in 1 Corinthians 12, No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 2, 8-9, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your doing, it is a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one can boast. It's by the word, by the grace you have been saved. Right? In faith. Not by works, not your doing, so that no one can boast. You are made holy. You are forgiven. You are a child of God. All by the grace of God. All by His word given to you. When we say, I believe in the Holy Spirit, what we're really saying is, I can't by my own human or strength, come to the Lord. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? The thing is, are we partially sinful or are we completely dead ever since the fall? Now, some people might believe that human will has the power to believe or we have the knowledge or the strength or the human will to just figure it out. But if that subject of I know this or I believe that or I've come to decide on this faith, we call that decision theology, we go down that path of I. And when we go down that path of I, it seems like we subtly credit ourselves for what we have done. And if we go down that path, we forget these very Bible verses. 1 Corinthians 2. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Ephesians 2.1, and you are dead in the trespasses and sins. 
The condition of man ever since the fall in the garden is of sin and death. Right? Through one's man's disobedience, we all have fallen short. And therefore, uh, we very well know that in our sin, we cannot decide on our faith because we are dead. Now, some people might not understand that and say, well, I'm partially dead and maybe I have that little part of me that can figure it out. But when we look at scripture, it reminds us quickly that we are like dead bodies. We are corpses that cannot rise by themselves. And we are spiritually dead and enemies of God. We are by nature children of wrath. So when we say, I believe in the Holy Spirit, what we're really acknowledging is that yes, we are dead. We cannot make ourselves alive and we need someone to make us alive. That's what we're really saying when we say, I believe in the Holy Spirit. Um, in, the, in the New Catechism here, uh, 2017 edition, uh, there's a good question there in this book. I forgot what page it's on, but it says, which is harder to accept, that I choose to believe or that I am brought to saving faith apart from my efforts? Right? Which is harder to accept, that I choose to believe or that I am brought to saving faith apart from my own efforts? And I think when we talk about efforts and holiness, so easy do we look at holiness saying, I need to do this, I need to do that, I need to prove my worth, I've decided on this, I know that, I've come to the Lord, I've committed my life to God, I've given my heart to Jesus. Remember that subject, I, becomes the prevailing theme as we talk about our faith. And at the end of the day, if I is that subject, your faith is yourself. But when we say, I believe, in the Holy Spirit, we are saying that the Holy Spirit has worked faith in us because without the Holy Spirit, we are dead. We cannot be made alive by our own selves. Yes, we are unable, that no work is of ourselves, that our complete dependence in God and His Word, it's by the power of the Holy Spirit that we are brought to this faith. It's through the Word that we very well know that... Uh, that we do not find God in a tree. Yes, I know he, he created all things and it's a reminder of what God has made. But we don't find God, we don't find Christ, uh, we don't find our faith in a tree. But we find our faith by the very words that are given in Holy Scripture, by the power and the work of the Holy Spirit. So what is the work of the Holy Spirit? Now, when we talk about the work of the Holy Spirit, Jesus instructs his disciples of what is to come when he dies on the, uh, upon the cross. He says, I'm going to go away from you, but I'm going to send you the paraclete, the, the counselor, the comforter, and that is the Holy Spirit. Now, what is the work of the Holy Spirit? What do we know about the Holy Spirit? John 16. Now, three primary parts to what Jesus has said about the work of the Holy Spirit. Concerning sin. That the Holy Spirit will convict us of our sin. That He will expose our shame, our guilt, basically show us the law. That we have fallen short to the glory of God. That is the work of the Holy Spirit to convict our sin, to diagnose the disease that is in us. Very well, because without the diagnosis of what our sin is, uh, we will go on with life thinking that we are, well, fine without anyone but me, myself, and I. But the Holy Spirit has come to show us the law. Not to simply show us to prove our holiness or to get better or to prove the law or to overcome the law, but to show our sin, to crush us. Right? To show us that, well, in ourselves, we are nothing. Concerning righteousness, 
that the Holy Spirit has come to show us how we are made righteous. That is by the work of Christ on the cross in his death and resurrection where Jesus would go to his father's house to create and make those many rooms for us that we may live in his paradise. That the Holy Spirit does not leave us at our sin, but he points us to the hope of Christ, who is our righteousness, who has given us uh, this rightness with God that is through his body and blood shed on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins, the resurrection on the third day, where there too he proves and gives us victory, knowing that yes, we are reconciled with God, that we are holy, blameless, and righteous in front of God, purified by his body and blood uh, shed for us. And this is all by the work of the Holy Spirit, the law and the gospel. Concerning judgment, right? Uh, we talk about the prince of darkness, the father of lies, the devil himself. Jesus has come, or the Holy Spirit has come to show us by his word that even concerning judgment, the devil will be destroyed and he will be condemned forever. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. Right? Without the law, without the gospel, where would we be? We cannot find God in a tree. You know, we look at St. Paul and Acts 9, and we very well know that it was uh, the Lord and His Word that convicted him of his sin, brought him to righteousness. St. Paul became the greatest evangelist in the Bible, right? We see uh, uh, Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch uh, with uh, this eunuch not understanding what he was reading, and there Philip was to tell him what this scroll had said about Jesus, about what he had come to do. There too, by the very power of God's word, by the working of the Holy Spirit, this Ethiopian eunuch came to believe in Jesus Christ. Not only did he come to believe, but he was also baptized shortly thereafter. So again, when we talk about the work of the Holy Spirit, uh, there we know that by his word, he convicts our heart, he sends us to, the, uh, to Christ and his comfort of righteousness, that is the forgiveness of sins, and he destroys the judgment of the devil, and overcomes him. This is the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, all given by the Word, not a feeling, not your own warm heart or your own inkling or your gut, gut idea that God is with you, but no, it's by the power of God's Word that the Holy Spirit creates faith in you. Uh, Romans 10 17, faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. We always hear that, I think, in this. I repeat myself constantly because, like you, my friends, I need to hear it for myself, right? Faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. The, the Holy Spirit sustains us by that word. And when we stop hearing God's word, uh, and we'll talk about what it means to be part of the Holy Christian Church and the communion of saints, when we're uh, isolated, uh, so easily do we get wrapped up and engulfed in what this world um, has trapped us in. But it's by the word of God that the Holy Spirit works, right? sustaining us in the one true faith and keeping us in this one true faith. So as we continue right here, uh, as we look on uh, the third article of the creed, and I, again, um, I don't think I read it earlier, but uh, when we talk about the creed, there is that, what does this mean? What is the explanation? And as it reads in the catechism, it says, I believe that I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ, my Lord. Again, that is uh, the work of the Holy Spirit to do. Right? So the work of the Holy Spirit, 
He has called us. He enlightens us with his gifts. What does that mean? How are we enlightened to this faith? By the word and sacrament. I know we didn't talk about the sacraments yet, but when we talk about the sacraments, these are the gifts that are given to illumine our hearts to create faith in us. Uh, we talk about, uh, let's say, uh, baptism or the Lord's Supper. These are all gifts that we have by the power of God's Word, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But the Holy Spirit also sanctifies, makes us holy, right? By giving us faith that Jesus Christ is Lord, but also keeps us in the true faith. That on our pilgrimage of faith, it is the Word by the power of the Holy Spirit that continues to sustain and strengthen us so that we may live um, um, this life in God's name, right? So the, the Holy Spirit calls us into the one true faith, but also the Holy Spirit enlightens us with his gifts. All right? So when we talk about these gifts, the word, of course, right? the word, of course, is our gift. But also um, the sacraments, uh, baptism, Acts 2.38, Romans 6, 1-11, Galatians 3.27, uh, the Lord's Supper, Matthew 26, 26-28, Mark 14, 22-24, Luke 22, 19-20, 1 Corinthians 20, 11, 23-25. These are the gifts that we are talking about in the sacraments, right? For by, for by uh, the gift of baptism, uh, we have been clothed with Christ, that we put on Christ, that we have been filled with the Holy Spirit, regenerated by the washing of the Word, right? repent and believe and be baptized. Uh, Lord's Supper, again, this is all about uh, God's Word um, uh, sustaining us in the faith, about eating and drinking the body and blood of Jesus Christ and the bread and wine for the forgiveness of our sins. Right? This is all about being enlightened um, in the gifts that God gives. Um, but it's through this gift that the Spirit creates faith in us, right? The Word that makes us holy. You know, again, it's not that you have to make yourself holy, but it's the Spirit that makes you, it's the spirit that makes you holy. Again, uh, through this faith, right? Through this faith in the gospel and what God gives, we are made holy. And out of faith, we can never neglect the work that we do. Comes holy works. Right? You're not living this life on the outside looking in, hoping that you get into the in crowd with God. You are already working in the in crowd because you are with God, made holy by His works. And through that holiness in faith, you uh, do these very works. Not to make yourself more holy, but because you are already holy. That's a very big difference, I think, when we talk about the misconception of how do I know that I am holy? Your answer should be by the body and blood of Jesus, by the washing uh, through the blood of the Lamb who died for me on the cross. I mean, that should be your answer. But so many times when we talk about holiness, it seems like it's a, it's a badge that we need to gain for ourselves to prove that we are holy. When in fact, it's the other way around. That badge has been given um, and that badge is the nail, uh, nails on the cross, Jesus, the crown of thorns, um, his empty tomb. Right? This, is, this is how we are made holy. And that is something to remember as we talk about being enlightened and sanctified uh, by his gifts. Because now as holy children of God, washed by his word and water and the sacraments and, and the body and blood of Jesus, we, we proceed to work. Right? Whatever that is, uh, changing a diaper. 
I'm not in that anymore because my kids are older now. Or saying, uh, or, or holding the door open for someone at the store or doing your diligent work, whatever job that you have, to do that to the best of your ability. These are all works that God has placed in our lives to, to do. Um, these are all holy works because we are holy by the body and blood of Jesus, not because we make these works holy. Very important to remember because by the work of the Holy Spirit, we very well know that, again, we are sanctified and that we are kept in the true faith, all given to us by His Word. Very important. So as we continue, uh, I believe in the Holy Spirit. What's after that? The Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints. I believe in the Holy Christian Church and the communion of saints. Now, the Holy Christian Church is the total number of believers that believe in Jesus Christ. Right? There is that um, invisible church that is all that believe, the totality of those that believe in Jesus across all the churches around the world. But also there is a visible church that is our church, right? Whatever church you go to, uh, that is a church in which we go to every week, uh, hear God's word, receive the sacrament, uh, receive uh, the law, gospel, and the joy of what Jesus has done for us, right, by his work. Uh, but it's in this holy Christian church that it is made holy because, well, Jesus Christ is the cornerstone. He is the head of the church, right? His blood covering the church by his very own sacrifice upon the cross. And as um, we are his saints, now again, how are we his saints? Again, by the work of Christ and his work upon the cross. That we, um, as his saints, in this pilgrimage of faith, uh, go to church, hear God's word, be sustained and strengthened in this word as we continue to live out our faith um, in this holy life. This is, this is uh, the crux of what uh, the third article is about, is the work of the Holy Spirit and how that work of the Holy Spirit not only has made us holy, but has uh, given us by His Word, right? This holy church, as Christ is the head, uh, through that holiness we have the marks of the church, the sacraments were there. Uh, we are enlightened with those gifts. And it's through these gifts, through the Word and sacrament, that, uh, that, we, that we are certain of our holiness, right? Because that action is given to us by the very Word of God. Not by what we do, but by what God has done for us. All right. So this is, um, I encourage you, wherever you are, uh, to go to church. Hear God's word, his law, what, how we have fallen short, but yet also the gospel, what Jesus has done for you. Uh, I encourage you to go to church that uh, where there you receive the sacrament of the altar, uh, the true body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, this is, again, um, uh, the way in which we make our pilgrimage of faith as the Holy Spirit sustains this faith in us. Again, all by the power of God's Word. Okay, as we continue, not only do we say, I believe in the Holy Spirit, but by the Holy Spirit, we, we, uh, we also believe in the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, but also the forgiveness of sins. You know, when I say I believe in the forgiveness of sins, what I'm saying is that Jesus Christ has forgiven me of all my sins. I believe that, right? By the work of the Holy Spirit creating faith in me, I believe my faith trusts in the work of Christ. Right? The Holy Spirit works this faith in me by the word. I don't say I believe that I'm good enough to earn my way to salvation. That's not what I say. I say Jesus Christ died for me. I believe in the forgiveness of sins. 
I believe in the work that God has done for me by His grace alone, in faith, and not by my doing so that I don't boast. Right? But it's through the work of Christ. That is all by the Word of God. So when I say I believe in the forgiveness of sins, what great joy that is to know that not even the devil has anything on us, even though he constantly accuses and points the finger and says, are you sure you are forgiven? Are you sure of that guilt? Are, Are you sure God washes you clean for that? And what you say, because of the Holy Spirit and working faith in you, I believe that I am forgiven of my sins. This is uh, such a great uh, gift. And where there is forgiveness, friends, uh, there is also life and salvation, right? Life and salvation. So I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. The resurrection of the body. Because of what the Holy Spirit has done in my life, that is, brought me to the Word, brought me to the gifts that He gives through the law, gospel, the Word, and the sacraments, baptism, the Lord's Supper, it's by the power of the Holy Spirit that I know, right? I have full assurance in this faith that He has given me that not only are my sins forgiven, uh, but also uh, that there too I receive uh, this resurrection of the body. Now, what's that all about? Resurrection of the body. That on the last day, again, when Jesus makes his return, there we will rise uh, to these glorious bodies. Again, I don't know what that's going to look like because we're not there yet, but it's going to be glorious. It will be. But Daniel 12 reads to us, And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. At the time of death, again, the body turns to dust, right? The body turns to dust, to dust, and to dust you shall return. But yet the spirit, again, is alive, right? The spirit is alive. Ecclesiastes 12, the dust returns to the earth as it was, and the spirit returns to God who gave it. Just like the thief upon the cross, right? In Luke 23, 43, today, You will be with me in paradise. Friends, there is eternal, there is an eternity for everyone. And that is life or death. That's the bottom line. There is no in-between. There is no middle ground. Uh, Those who have faith will have eternal life. Those who do not have faith will have eternal death. That is, there's no other way to put it. It's by the power of the Holy Spirit that we say, I believe in the resurrection of the body. I believe that on the last day, we will all rise. Those that believe in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will rise to this newness of life. Right? That this dust will form into these new glorified bodies when Jesus returns. That is what I believe. For where there is forgiveness, there is also life and salvation. The resurrection of the body. Because on that last day, when he comes to take us home, yes, we will be living in his paradise, eternal life. Right? So the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. We look at this word and quickly we say, I can't wait till that happens. But friends, uh, those that believe in Jesus Christ, well, that life is yours right now. 
Uh, eternal life is a present possession. It's not something that you look forward to, but even right now we have eternal life. Does that make sense? And what great joy is that knowing that no matter what is going, what is going on in your life, the happenings, the afflictions, let's say, uh, the stress, the pain, remember what God has given to you in Christ Jesus. As it reads in John 17, this is eternal life, that they know the only true God and Jesus Christ you have sent. Right? This is eternal life. It is in Jesus Christ who you have sent. Uh, Romans 10, 9, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. Being saved, eternal life, life everlasting, that is what we believe right now. Right? All by the power of the Holy Spirit who has created faith in us. So as we conclude today, remember that. How does the Holy Spirit work? By the Word and His promise. Right? How does the Holy Spirit work? Uh, concerning sin, concerning righteousness, concerning judgment. How does the Holy Spirit work? Calls, gathers, enlightens, sanctifies, keeps. The Holy Spirit is the subject and the verbs are His to do. We all the meanwhile are in the receiving phase of this all. That we receive this gift of faith. Yes, many reject. Many reject still. But yet those who the Holy Spirit calls there, we receive. We receive the wonderful word of the law and gospel knowing that there in Christ we have the forgiveness of sins. There we have the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. There we know that we are made holy all by the body and blood of the Lamb who has washed our, our sins away so that we may have no spot or blemish any longer. This is all by the work of the Holy Spirit. So remember that this day, the credit of our salvation, the credit of our faith, is nothing of our doing, but it's all by the grace of God. And therefore, the next time you uh, go over the Apostles' Creed or say it in church, I believe in the Holy Spirit, remember to give thanks to the Lord for all that He has done. Because my friends, without the Holy Spirit, we are left in the dust, and there is no hope for us. But by the power of God's Word, we are made alive creating, sustaining, and strengthening faith, all by the power and the work of the Holy Spirit. So there's, there is much to be thankful for this day as the Holy Spirit continues to guide us in our faith as we have the courage to endure um, and persevere um, in, in who we are as His children. Let us pray. Dearly Father, we, we thank You for this day, O Lord, that You have brought us to this time we thank you for making us holy by the power of your word. Lord, we know that we fall short and, and that uh, we, we in our sin uh, can never measure up. But thank you for Jesus. Thank you for your word that has delivered us as one of your saints, as one who are uh, washed away and cleansed and, and purified, white as snow, all by the body and blood of your Lamb. Thank you for making this known to us by the power of your word, the word that speaks to us, that points to, the, at the end of the day, that points to our gift of the gospel. Bless, bless, uh, bless us as we continue to live in your name, and may your spirit guide us um, in your eternal light of truth. We thank you, O Lord. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. May you all have a blessed week. And we will see you once again in the near future. Thanks for listening to this study on Luther's Small Catechism. We hope this was helpful as you grow in the Christian faith and study of the Bible. 
For more information about Faith Lutheran Church, visit us on the web at faithmorepark.com. Thank you.